0: Turn with me, if you will, over in 2 Peter, the first chapter. I want to read some verses of Scripture here this morning. And uh, as we as we start reading this in just a moment, you know, the church is called unto glory, not shame. You, you've been called unto glory, not shame. Uh, your past doesn't determine what you are today. Your life that you had before you were born again doesn't determine who you are today. Who determines who you are today is what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, and us believing that. And putting faith and confidence in that and allowing that to happen. But something took place in the realm of the Spirit when we were born again. There's a change that takes place. We're changing every day. Sometimes, you know, we, we have it's a progressive change, but then there's a, an instantaneous change that takes place when you're born again. But then there's a progressive change as you begin to mature in the Lord and you begin to get knowledge of the Word. And you'll see things in the Scripture and, and you didn't realize that you were not lining up in that particular area and wasn't in alignment with it. But God, God deals with us individually. Amen? And every once in a while... You know your wife will tell you that you, you're not lined up, and you'll get in right. Didn't that right, Brother Harold? That's that's what I thought. But let's read in the scripture. Peter's ministering to the church here. Now there's two epistles: First Peter and Second Peter. And we're in Second Peter's where we're going to be at Second Peter, the first chapter. And Peter, of course, was a Jew. And uh, he was raised in the Jewish uh, form of, of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean he was a good Jew. <laughs> but he was also a rugged fisherman that Jesus chose to be one of his disciples. He was the one that um, I always call Peter, uh, you know, quick at the mouth. Uh, he was always quick to speak without thinking sometimes. But yet, on the same token, Peter was one that when Jesus asked a question, who do men say that I am? And all the disciples were saying, some say you're Elias, some say uh, Elijah or uh, 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 Moses or so, you know, some of the other great prophets. And, but Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter just immediately said, thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and said, Simon Bergona, that was his name, real name. He said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed this to you. And upon this rock, now, a lot of people have taken that scripture and a lot of denominational things have come out of it, where they said that Peter was the first pope, you know, of the church. But no, what Jesus was saying upon this rock, upon what rock? That rock of the word. You see the truth, the truth that he is the Christ. That truth that he is the one that came to defeat the devil. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Thank God. How many of you believe God's building his church? Now, Peter wrote these epistles to the disciples and, uh, uh, one of the verses he talked about, don't don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is, is, which is trying you. It was literally literal fiery trials that they were in. They were being burned at the stake and used as human torches to light up pathways and things of that nature. But he said, don't take it as, uh, you, you know, don't, don't take this lightly because God, see, God's greater than any storm or any trial that we're going through. And I, I don't know if anybody's ever had the uh, privilege of reading Fox's Book of Martyrs. But in the in Fox's Book of Martyrs, it's got uh, accounts of people that were burned at the stake and burned for their testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while they were burning, they were praising God and glorifying God, and that the pain was not getting to them. They were they were magnifying the Lord, and the glory of God was revealed in that hour when they were were put to death for the cause of Christ. Amen. Listen, I believe that that same Jesus is going to be with the believers and the church in the end time that we're we're going to see happening in our end time. And listen, we might as well prepare for it. It's going to happen. Jesus prophesied it. He said it as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Do y'all see that kind of day happening right now? In the days of Noah, there was no everything. Their mind was continually on evil. That was what their mind was on, continually on evil. And everything was anti-God. Everything was anti-anything uh, that God did or wanted. And we're seeing the same atmosphere and the same, the same thing happening in the air around the world. Listen, the world is going to wax worse and worse, but God's people are going to wax bolder and bolder. Amen? And in spite of all of that, Jesus is going to be glorified. But Peter was he was he was this type of person. And now, let's read in Second Peter one, verses one through four. And I want to say I want to take something of this and share it with you this morning, hoping it'll help you. Simon Peter, a bond servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. You know, before you can have a calling of God, you've got to first become a servant of the Lord. I'm not too much into titles, you know. I've had people put titles on me, you know, and things of that nature. And I believe that I operate in particular offices that God's put me in, but I, I don't I don't build on that title. I don't, I don't have to go around. I'm Apostle Clarence Richard Dalrymple, you know, or I'm Prophet So and So. I, I, there's nothing wrong. I'm not belittling anybody that does that. But what I'm saying is, before we can do anything, we first, we've first got to become a bondservant. It said, Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. If we're going to do anything for God, we're going to have to first become a bondservant, and then the gifting will show. And to those who have attained... That word obtained means received. We've received like precious faith or the faith of the same value with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. We've all received. We've obtained the like precious faith. It's the same faith of the same value. God's no respecter of persons. You ought to shout on that one. God's no respecter of persons. God doesn't respect my faith above your faith. God doesn't respect my believing above your believing. We all have obtained the like precious faith. We've all obtained the same faith. And uh, by the through and by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Righteousness. We're not self-righteousness, not not religious activity, not, not religious, uh, uh, keeping religious law. That's not what we're about. And although we're going to keep the laws of God. Why do we keep the laws of God? Because the law of love operates in us. And because the law of love operates in us, we love God with all of our heart, with all of our might, with all of our strength. And then that love law is going to operate in us and we're going to begin to see the things of God happen. Now, grace and peace in the second verse be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power, now I want you, to, I've got all this underlined here, but as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, as his divine power. I'm not going to get the power of God because I do religious activity. Now, the Bible said pray always. So we got to be in prayer, but all my, there's a whole lot of people that do a lot of religious praying and not real praying. And therefore, it's not operating, you know, through that. But grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God as His divine power, His divine power, God's divine power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through those, or through these promises, you may be partakers Of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption. The depravity that's in the world. Through lust. And I want to take that part there. That we've been made partakers. Of the divine nature. Of God. Now. The church is called to glory. Not shame. Amen. You'll not see shame. You're not going to see reproach. Even though people may come against us, we don't have to have the reproach. We can stand tall. We can stand tall in our faith, stand tall in our joy and our peace, and the church is going to see glory. Glory, manifested presence of God. How many is ready to see the glory? The manifested presence of God is the glory of God. And that manifested presence used to be in the temple itself or in the, uh, the physical building and structure that they built. Remember when they came out of Babylonian captivity, they had to go restore the temple. It was destroyed when uh, the Babylonians came in and took them captive and they destroyed the temple and everything that was connected with it. And that for 70 years they were in Babylonian captivity. When they came out, uh, God used Cyrus, the king of Persia to institute and to, and to encourage those to go and rebuild the temple. Thank God. I tell you what, God's going to use even the worldly people to see that God's kingdom is advanced. Amen? And the glory of God. Now, the temple was important. That physical structure was important because that's where the glory of the Lord was. The glory of God, the presence of God, was in that temple, in that particular place in the temple, the presence of God. But now then, we, we, don't have, we do have structures, we do have church buildings, and thank God for that, amen? And, but the, the presence of God is not in the structure here, like Jesus was in the structure there. The kingdom of God is within you. Therefore, the kingdom within you means that his glory and his presence is in you. And we bring the presence of God. That's why you could be out under a tree somewhere with three or four people and just start praising God, worshiping the Lord, and the power of God just start manifesting. Amen? Amen? You can have a household of people with five thousand people, and and everybody just standing there, and just like uh, uh, zombies and and uh, and, and robots, and, and and and. But all of a sudden, you you don't feel nothing because the presence of God's not manifested. Now, I'm not saying all of, of, of big places like that are like that, but I'm saying that a lot of them. But the presence of God is not there. Listen, when God's presence comes, there's change in the people that's in His presence. When Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus and the glory of the Lord shone down upon him, there was a change that happened in the Apostle Paul or Saul of Tarsus at that time. He was changed. And when we get the presence of God in us, you're going to change. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're going to see that you're not as carnal as you thought you were. You're going to see that when things are rubbing you the wrong way, all of a sudden you got the peace of God and the joy of the Lord and and God's presence, and you just start praising God in spite of it all. Because we're the temple. See, we're the temple. (laughs) Look at 2 Corinthians 5.16. That's why Paul said this. Wherefore henceforth we know no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. We don't know Christ after the flesh. We know him by the Spirit. We know him by the Spirit. You know Jesus by the Spirit. And when you come in contact with the Spirit of God, there's going to be a change. You're either going to you're either going to you're either gonna run out of here and not be transformed, or you're gonna to run to Jesus and be transformed. When the presence of God is there. Amen? But Jesus Is not a shame giver. But a glory giver. God's not here to put shame on us. He's here to let the glory of God rest upon us. And lift us out of that shame. Lift us out of the condemnation. Lift us up out of that. That that sphere of uh, of gloom. And and fear. and, And unworthiness. And all. We're going to be lifted up out of that. Because of the presence of God. Because that's what God is. Now. You became like Him. When you're born again, you became like Him. How many knows you're born again? And when you are born again, your, your nature, that person on the inside of you, that the real you is, is quickened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you are transformed, changed, and become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've seen it, you've seen people come into church drunker than a skunk. And the spirit of God move up on them, they come down to the altar weeping and wailing and moaning and groaning and that's because the spirit of God's moving up on them. And they get up from there, their whole countenance has changed. The smell of alcohol is gone and the glory of God is revealed all over their countenance and they're praising God and worshiping the Lord and they go out of there and their life has changed and they never go back to that lifestyle again. Because of the glory of the Lord. Amen. Thank God for the change. I said, thank God for the change. Because when we are born again, we become like Him and we're moved into another level. We're moved into the limitless level. There's no limit to you as a believer this morning. There's no limit to your prayers this morning. There's no limit to your faith this morning. There's no limit to anything that God has for us because we've been we've entered into a, a limitless level, praise God, where He's everything, all we need, whatever we need it, we have everything God says. You moved into to a dimension where everything works. <laughs> Glory to God. Prayer works. Faith works. Love works. Joy works. Amen. Somebody said, I can't get my faith to work it. Come on in. Get in the presence of the Lord. Because in this is a limitless level. Hallelujah. And when you're here, love works, faith works, praise works, the power of God works, the Word works for you. When you're in this particular situation, you got it. In heaven, there's no shortage. And you know what? The kingdom of God, there's no shortage. Listen, I'm I'm preaching to you this morning. Is that okay? But there's no shortage of joy. There's no shortage of peace. There's no shortage of happiness. Because in Him we've got it all. We sing that old song, The joy of the Lord is my strength. What, What are we saying? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I've got joy. That's something I won't do something no more. (laughs) But the joy, you moved into, there's no shortage. That's why when you got saved, the Bible said you were quickened and raised up to function uh, from heaven where there's no lack, no defeat, and no failure. We have no no lack, no defeat, no failure because we have got, uh, well... we're quickened by the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. The, we, we sang that song and we said we did this song the other night when we were ministering. But to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him. We, now, we sing that song and sometimes we're singing it. Hoping we can be like Jesus. But what I'm going to share with you this morning is why we can be like Jesus. Because the devil has pounded us down so long. People have been in an atmosphere of you'll never be good enough. You'll never be righteous enough. You'll never be holy enough. You'll always be lacking in faith. You're always... Listen, I I want to tell you something. I got everything I need, even though I don't feel it sometimes. Praise the Lord. We don't go by our feelings. Belief, believing doesn't go by feelings. Feelings come. Y'all see what I'm saying this morning? Feelings come. Sometimes we got to give a sacrifice of praise. How many of you ever had to do a sacrifice of praise? You didn't feel like it, but you just went ahead and did it anyhow. Sometimes it would probably do some of you some good just to get up and do a sacrifice and just dance. You probably don't feel like it. Just, but see what happens. Why? Because you see... We bring that sacrifice of praise unto the Lord, and God accepts that praise, and He accepts it, and His presence is intermingled with all of that. And I tell you what, we, we, I don't. Sometimes you don't feel like it, but you do it anyhow. And you know what? When you do it, God inhabits the praises of His people. God's there with us. Can you say, "Amen"? Now, I want to go back over to First, Second Peter. Verses 3 and 4 again, and look at that. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Now, the finished work of Christ has been little understood by the church. We, in essence, we have not fully understood the finished work of Christ. The devil no longer has the authority. Amen? He no longer has the power. Somebody said, well, well, why is all this bad stuff happening? Because people don't know that. Because the devil has blinded their minds so that the truth does not shine. Our minds get us in trouble. You know, the mind will tell you you can't do something. The mind will tell you that you can't be healed. The mind will tell you that you can't be blessed. The mind will tell you that this isn't going to happen to you. The mind will tell you God didn't hear your prayer. The mind will... All these kind of things through the mind. But you see, that's where we've got to bypass our mind and pray in the Holy Ghost. Because when you don't know how to pray, that's what the Bible said in Romans. When you don't know how to pray or what kind of prayer to offer... How many's ever been in a place where you don't even know what to pray and what to ask for and how to do it or anything? And when you don't know how to pray or what to do, then what you do is you pray in the Holy Ghost. In other words, I'm not talking about just praying. I want to say this right. When we pray in tongues, we want it to be the Holy Spirit praying through us. And I'm going to tell you something. When the Holy Ghost starts praying through you, you're going to know that it's the Holy Spirit praying through you. And you're going to know it beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Ghost is praying through you. I've been in situations where I got in a, I felt my prayer, I got into prayer and I got into a warring prayer. I mean, forceful. Words in other in other tongues coming out, but force and I knew it was a warring thing in the spirit realm. I remember one time we were we had a, a special specific need that we had. And I just got in a warfare. The devil was hindering you no know, this was the only time he tried to do it a lot of times, but we finally got to a point where we didn't let him hinder because we didn't go by what we saw. We just go by what the Word says and the Word declares. What we ask in prayer and faith, believing, we'll receive. Amen? And when you see that and understand that, then you're going to be able to walk in this life with a whole lot more victory and a whole lot more joy and a whole lot more peace. Because you're not having to try to make it happen. Amen? But what happens, sometimes you get in a warring spirit. I'm talking about in the Holy Ghost in you, warring against the devil, praying in that warring tongue. And I, this one time, I, I we had a specific need of a thousand dollars that we had to have, and I mean, I sent my wife out window shopping. It's cheaper. Y'all, y'all ever do window shopping? I call it wishful thinking. <laughs> but uh, but I, but I, I stayed home and I was pray- and I got in that warring spirit. And I don't know how long it was, but it was a good time—35, 45 minutes, an hour—just warring in the whole, in, in tongues, warring. And I didn't know what was happening. All I knew was God was going to come. We—I felt a breakthrough. Have you have ever heard that term? Pray through. Sometimes we pray till we get through, but we need to pray through. We need to pray through till we feel in our spirit that it's done, it's happened, and we and it's, it's going. Well, that was on a New Year's weekend. New Year's Day was on a Sunday. I mean, a Saturday at that time. And so, I didn't think, you know, I, I just, well, I got a phone call on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. And... uh and I, 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 and this fellow says he had a car dealership down in Louisiana and, and he called me, and he said, brother Clarence, he said, a friend of ours, and he was a construction guy and they were at a, a meeting, a full gospel meeting. And he said, we were sitting there and we looked at each other, said, you know what we got to do? And he said, yes. So they've got their checks out and they just wrote out the check from their business. They had a business together and they wrote a check out for a thousand dollars. And he called me and said, did you get our, uh, our mail, of uh, the mail from us uh, in your mailbox? I said, well, I don't know. It's a holiday. I don't know. And another thing I had done was I had closed my mailbox out because I was moving from Conroe to Tomball, Texas. And so I had already closed it out. And they said, well, we mailed it. And I said, well, if it gets there, it'll it'll maybe come back to you and you can, you know, send it back or whatever. Or it could be forwarded to me. I don't know. Of course, we needed it that day. (laughs) And I said, well, I'll just go down to the post office and just check. And sure enough, I got there. There was one envelope in there. And it had not been forwarded, even though it was supposed to started forwarding. It hadn't forwarded. And that envelope was there. And I opened it up. And there was a $1,000 check. That's just what we needed that day. Hallelujah. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta war in the Spirit because they were somewhere when I was warring in the Spirit. They were in a service and the Holy Ghost spoke to them to do what they had to do. See, God, I didn't, I didn't go say, God, move on those people's hearts over there. You know, I didn't know how God was gonna do it. He may have me go out there and find a coffee can full of money. You know, I don't know. Hey, that's possible too. My wife's grandpa didn't believe in banks. He come up during the era of uh, the depression you know and everything and and he 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 just buried money out in tin cans all around his property and uh, so i I don't know I, I don't know if they went and checked it out or not <laughs> there might be some still out there somewhere but what I'm saying is we, we we got to pray through pray through pray through and we we can do that in Jesus name amen now Look what it said in Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Everybody say, I've been blessed. You're not going to be. You're already blessed. Amen. And then then in uh, uh, Isaiah 53, verses 10 through 12, it pleased the Lord to bruise him and put him to grief when you... uh, When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Guess what? We're the seed. We're the seed of his death. Every one of us sitting here are the seed of the death of Jesus Christ. He was planted, and and we're the seed of it all. And he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul, and shall be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore our sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And he made him, who knew no sin in Second Corinthians, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Thank God that we are who God says we are. And I, I'm talking about this morning about... Partaking of the nature of Christ. See, all of this is leading up to the point. He was buried and we come forth, we're the seed, we're the remnant, we're the seed that's come out of this thing. And we're delivered and we're set free. And he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God through him. Now, that makes it a whole lot simpler to be righteous when you don't have to do, do all the do's and don'ts. I believe in do's and don'ts, but you see, the thing is, when I have become a new creature in Christ Jesus, I do it because I want to please Him. I want to please Him. I don't have to have somebody say, well, you know, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, that, that sounds like rules and regulations to me. I want the life of God. And see, when you've got the life of God in you, and you've got Him in you, you know what you're going to do? You want to please Him. You want to please God. I want to please the Lord. I want to please God with my life, with my words and and my attitude. I want to please God in everything that's in me. Now, the devil would say to you, who do you think you are? You ever had the devil tell you that? Who do you think you are? Who, Who do you think you are that you sit up here and tell people this? I had a preacher tell me that one time. I was preaching. I've always preached this kind of preaching. I I didn't know anything else to preach ever since I was sixteen, seventeen years old. I, God gave me a revelation of who we are in Christ and what He did for us, and I, I've always seen that. I've known that, and that's what I've always preached. I was preaching in one church, and the preacher said, "Now, no, Brother Clarence, who do you think you are?" I said, "Sir." I mean, I, I respect him because he's my elder. <laughs> I said, "Sir." Who do you think you are that you can preach this kind of stuff and get people all riled up thinking that they can do anything? I said this. The Bible. The Word. Declares that Satan was defeated. The Word declares that Jesus is Lord. The Word declares that we're His seed, the Word declares we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And whatever is His is mine. And I can do what He did because He gave us the instructions to do that. Anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. We have the authority. We have the authority. We've got the nature of God in us. Can you say amen? Now, church has been intimidated not to be bold as a lion. We got to be bold. If you're going to get anything from God, you've got to make up your mind, you're going to get it. Amen? Be bold. Be bold as a lion and say, devil, you're not going to stop me because the Lord says, I am somebody in Christ, I've been redeemed, I've been purchased, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means he became what I was so that I could become what I was not. That means I'm the righteousness of God. Righteousness means we're in right standing with the Lord. We have every right, every privilege that Jesus himself has because we're made partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah. So, most have believed that meekness, being meek is rolling over and, Allowing the devil to have his way. That's meekness. I don't want people saying, well, He's such a meek person. I mean, I'm going to be a kind person. I'm going to be a considerate person. But meekness is not just roll it over and let the devil have his way with you. Amen? That's not meekness. We got to be bold as a lion. Amen. And go forward in Jesus' name. Now, there's so much here that it's hard to know where to start here, but (laughs) let's look at the word grace for just a minute. We're talking about the divine nature of God, okay? That word grace means charis. It's the Greek word charis, meaning goodwill, loving kindness, and favor. And we usually hear it taught as unmerited favor, and that's what grace is. It's unmerited favor in our life. We don't deserve anything that we have but God's grace. Is in our life. And he's given us unmerited favor. Meaning that before we're reborn in the family of God, it's, it is unmerited. We have the unmerited favor of God. We don't deserve anything we have, but through God's grace, we have what we have. Amen? We have what we have. Now, it also... Uh, in, in the Greek word, the, the Greek word is uh, <laughs> I guess... Uh, means many things from a personal nature. These are the most relevant. Security, safety, this is peace, safety, prosperity, and felicity. See, grace gives us that ability to stand in the presence of God as though we never sinned. That's what grace is. Grace in our life is also the ability of God in you, enabling you, to overcome, and even in you, to overpower the enemy in whatever the situation he's trying to attack you in. You've got that ability of God in you that's going to rise up within you. That's the grace. But then he's also given us peace. Now, this word peace means security, safety. Uh, That word felicity means intense happiness. Uh, Synonyms for that is joy. We need some joy. You've heard the old saying, are you happy? Well, oh, yeah, I'm happy. And so I said, well, tell your face about it. <laughs> Did you know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? No wonder we got some tired Christians. <laughs> Joy. Joyfulness. <laughs> and, and, and it's... Uh, you know, it's, 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 well, Peter was a Hebrew. You know, he knew what it meant. Uh, the word peace meant for him, meant him shalom. And it means the following the following thing in the Hebrew. It means completeness. We're complete. Everybody say, I'm complete. We have soundness. We've got sound welfare. We have peace. Completeness. Safety. We've got peace. We've got the peace of God. The angels of the Lord are encamped around about us. We have the safety factor. Uh, we're sound in our body. Welfare, health. Peace means prosperity. God wants to bless us. Amen? I'm not saying go out here and seek to be a multimillionaire, but seek to be blessed. Be a blessing. Quiet, tranquility, contentment. Abraham was called the friend of God. Abraham was the first person that was actually called the friend of God. The friend of God. Listen, to be called a friend is an important thing. Most people in our society take friendship lightly. Oh yeah, I'm friends with them. Then you go up to introduce them. Who are you again? Well, you're not really friends. (laughs) But Abraham was called the friend of God. The friend of God. There used to be a song out I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Y'all remember that one? No? We have to learn that one. (laughs) I'm a friend of God. Abraham was called the friend of God. A friend. A friend is someone that's intimate. And uh, Abraham was called the friend of God. Now, God's ability is in us. God's power is in us. When we're born again, and we receive Him... The power. Listen, our nature changes. Our bloodline changes. Now, be careful now. <laughs> We're friends of God. Meaning that we now not only are... See, friend is a very intimate term in the Hebrew... God shared his secrets with Abraham. God will share his secrets with us as believers because we're friends of God. And Abraham was called the friend of God. And we're friends. Amen? Now, God's ability. Everybody say, I've got God's ability. I've got God's power. I have the mind of Christ. See, we've got all these things. We've got His anointing. It's His anointing flowing through us. It's his wisdom flowing through us. What He is, we are. And if we could ever get this established in our hearts, we would have no more trouble with the devil. I'm talking about trouble with the devil. I'm not saying the devil wouldn't try to stick up his head and work over here and work over there. But we're not going to have no trouble with the devil. Because, you know why? Because we know who we are. We're partakers of the divine nature of God. When the devil comes against you, he's coming against God. When he attacks you, he's attacking God. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to have God in my corner. I'd like to have God on my side and know he's on my side. Because when I know he's on my side, we're going to see some things happen. Amen? But see, as long as the devil can blind our minds to the revelation of who we are in Christ. As long as the devil... keep you blinded to who you are. Keep you blinded to what God has done. And I said that God has done. God has done it all. What we've got to do is receive it and appropriate it in our lives now, because He's already done it. And the devil... Has tried to keep us and blind our minds from the revelation of the Word. Listen, and and I'm sorry to say this, but there's a lot of so called preachers, ministers, teachers that really shouldn't be saying anything because they want to keep you in a position of weakness, in a position of no knowledge. I want to tell you something. I'd rather rather have a house full of people that knows who they are in Christ than than to have 10,000 people that don't know. Amen? Because those that know Christ, the ability of God is in them and the divine nature of God. We are partakers of the divine nature. Can you say amen? Whatsoever, John said, is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our Faith. Our faith. Our faith. This is a victory that overcomes. Our faith. Our faith in what? Not in what I'm doing. Not in what I who I am. Not, not in how many scriptures I can quote. That's not it. It's our faith in him. Our faith in him. Now, we're going to get all the scriptures we can get. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. We need to fill ourselves up with the Word. But I'm saying it's not you memorizing a hundred scriptures that's going to get that thing done for you. It's when you believe God. And you are partakers of the divine nature. And you're aware of that fact that God's ability is in you. Because whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is a victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith. Hallelujah. Our faith. Now, God's Word... The life of God is in us. His, his life is in us. Everybody said God's life is in me. Don't you? Didn't you like, like it when you was little and somebody come up to you when you was little? Do you remember when you was little? I remember when I was little. <laughs> I told my mom all the time. I said, you know, mama. I said, you know, I was the prettiest baby in the hospital when I was born. Why do you say that? I said, because that's what you said that night. She said, how did you know? I said, because you said it. Well, I did say it, but how did you? You didn't hear me say that. I said, yes, I did, Mama. Well, I didn't tell her the whole truth. I'd heard her tell a lot of people what she had told, you know, that night. But I let her think that I heard it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Where was I? The devil wants to keep you Isolated from the truth. Isolated from the Word. The life of Jesus is in us. If we don't get anything this morning, God's power is in you. God's ability is in you. His life is in you. You know, whatever He is and can do in us, it enables us to do the works of Christ. Whatever He is and whatever He can do, it enables us to do the same works. Isn't that what Jesus said? These works shall you do. And greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to the Father. And I'm going to send another helper. The Holy Ghost is going to come. He's going to walk along beside you. And He's going to teach you and guide you and direct you. And speak to you and teach you all things about this. And you're going to know. And He's the power. He's the third part of the Godhead. He's the power of God. That dunamis power. We're doing the work of Christ. Amen. Jesus said in John fifteen fifteen, I am the vine, you're the branches. In other words, life comes from the vine into the branches. And the fruit is produced. Now, we're not going to get into detail on that because you read that a little further. And it said every branch that doesn't produce, I'm going to cut it off. Cast it over here. Amen? We don't want to get into that part, right? But you see the life of God. What is it's The life out of the vine that comes into the branches that produces the fruit. I'm the vine. You're the branches. We're elevated to a new and higher position. Look at Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us. Who has blessed us. Everybody say he has blessed us. Not going to, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us... Everybody say, He made me. See, He made us accepted in the Beloved. Then you're going down in the same chapter, verses 15 through 19. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, therefore I, Paul, made made mention of you in my prayers, that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of His power. See, some some people are not getting any knowledge of what God has done. Made mention that you may know. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in that which has come. And he's put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Hallelujah. Then go down to Ephesians 2, in verses 1 through 3. And you he made alive... Who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the others. But down in the sixth verse, he said, but he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He's raised us up together. Everybody say, I've been raised. I've been raised. <laughs> then Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. God's made us qualified to be partakers. We're partakers of the nature of God. See, the point is we're not mere human beings. Can I say that again? I've heard this excuse so often, so many times. Well, I'm just human. I know we're human beings. But you see, when you're saved and born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got something more than human in you. You've got the overcomer in you. You've got the one in you that's going to make you more than a conqueror. You've got the one in you that's going to help you to to not give in and yield to the flesh and to the desires of the flesh and, and to sin. We might as well call it what it is. Sin. Anything that's not of faith is what? Sin. <laughs> right? And, and so, we, we, and, and we, we've heard this, you know, and, 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 and you know, and I, 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 listen, I know God's grace reaches out and, and gathers people in from all ranks and all all people of, uh, of all backgrounds. God, God, Listen, God's grace reaches to the uttermost. It reaches to the guttermost. And He lifts us up. But when we come to Him, guess what? We are transformed, changed, translated transferred into the kingdom of His dear Son, and then He's made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality, far above all power, far above all might. We've been raised there. Can you say amen? This is good preaching, Brother Clarence. We're no longer mere men. Romans 8, 2, For the law of spirit, of Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. From the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. I had a guy come to me one time. Him and his wife. They sat there in my living room. And they said. Uh, We've been thinking about coming to your church. I said okay. And they said but we need to ask you a question. What do you think about Christians drinking? And I looked at him and I said sir. I said you really don't want to know. What I think about Christians drinking. I know that's your question, but that's not what you want. I said, What you want is for me to say, Will you just work it out in your own time. And I did give him that scripture work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? How, how many believes that we have to work out our own I'm not going around condemning people, I'm not going around. Uh, if someone's smoking a cigarette, i will to knock it out of their mouth, you know. I'm not, that's not what God's called us to do. We know that habits of the flesh are detrimental to the body. And, uh, you know, it, 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 and it's going to destroy the body earlier than it would be if we didn't do those things. But in some cases, just like many of you sitting out here before you got saved, you had, you had been enthralled in a lifestyle of that. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? You were enthralled. But when you got born again, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And that same God that took that old, coarse, sin-sick soul and made it a new creature in Christ Jesus can also take the effects of all of those fleshly things that's affected your body and can bring healing. And deliverance. Praise God. I believe that. Amen. And what I'm sharing sharing with you here today is that, you know what? We're partakers of the divine nature. That divine nature gives you power. That divine nature of God in you gives you authority. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's raised us up together. Everybody said, I've been raised together. Giving thanks to the Father. By the way, that young couple, they received what I had to say. And they came to church the next Sunday. And they said, Brother Clarence, thank you so much for your words of wisdom. And said, you know what? We have just laid it all down. And they did. He laid it down. God blessed him. He got into a business. And uh, he he actually got into insurance sales as far as homeowners and things like that. And, And he became so prosperous. I mean, he'd wake up on January first, and this was back, goodness, back in the '80s, you know, uh, uh, late '70s and late '70s, I guess. And he he wake up on January first, he already made three hundred fifty thousand dollars that year, just in renewals. That's what God does, amen. But what I'm saying is that that doesn't make him any better than anybody else. But I'm just saying God blessed him, but he. Begin to see what I was saying. You didn't want my opinion. You wanted me to agree with you. I'm not going to agree with anything that I feel is wrong. But I'm not going to sit here and beat you on the head. Because I believe the Holy Ghost, that same Holy Ghost that convicted me and convicted me of things in my own heart and life. That same Holy Ghost will convict us and bring us to the place. Because we have the nature of God in us. Everybody say, I've got the nature of God. Hallelujah. Now, we're no longer mere men. Everybody say, I'm no longer a mere man. Praise God. We're no longer mere men. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And listen, we are in him and he's in us. Can you say amen? I mean, are y'all getting this this morning? The divine nature of God is in you. The divine nature of power is in you. The divine nature of love is in you. You can love the unlovable. That divine nature of faith is in you. What did Jesus say? Have the faith of God. The God kind of faith. That's what we got to have. we got to have the God kind of faith. How are we going to have the God kind of faith? We, we're changed and transformed on the inside, and we've got the nature of Christ on the inside of us. And, of course, naturally, we have to feed ourselves on the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. I'm not just saying you can't get away from that, but you've got to continually do that. But we have the nature of God in us. Praise God. You're special to the Lord, can you say amen? See, being in Christ is not just a religious ritual. Look what Jesus said in John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. And my Father will love him. And he will come to him and make our home with him. If any man loves me, he'll keep the word. I said, if any man loves him, he'll keep the word. I, I, we don't have to have somebody pound us on the head, you know. When, when, we, when we're in love with Jesus and his, his nature's in us, we're going to keep the word. So it's not just a religious ritual. You moved into a mansion where everything works. God's God's in you, God's with you, God's moving for you, and we just need to rise up in faith and be and allow that new nature and be that new creation that God's called us. I want to tell you, we're not in the, we're in this world, but not of this world. We're a new creature. Praise God! We got faith. When when other people are worried, we just say Hallelujah, glory to God, Hallelujah. People will think you're crazy. That's okay. We're crazy for Jesus. Amen? I had a preacher friend of mine. He, nothing ever bothered him. He just, hallelujah. So, I mean, he, the, the walls could be coming down around, around him, you know. He said, praise God, glory to God, hallelujah. So I so said, he's insane. Well, he was insane for Jesus. That's all I can say. And you know what? Things happened. Things worked. It worked. He got what he believed for. He got what he saw the Word said. And he he believed that he was partakers of that divine nature. And that he could do what God said he could do. And God blessed him. Praise the Lord. Don't call me crazy. Just pray for me if you think I am. We need to rise up in faith. Allow this new nature, victory, dominion, and authority, and the nature of God that's in us, begin to take over. I remember seeing this, I don't know if it was on Facebook or something, somebody put a picture of a kitten, a little kitten. You know, little kittens, they're just little bitty things. And that little kitten was looking in this mirror, and in the mirror, you didn't see the image of a little kitten, you saw this roaring lion. See, I tell you, see, see, inside of each little kitten is a roaring lion. And what we have to see when you look in the mirror, don't see yourself as a wimpy Christian. See yourself as a Christian that is full of the power and the anointing of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Look into the mirror of the Word and see yourself in the Word. See what God says in the Word. See what the Lord says in the Word. Amen. Let every man see that. And see who we are in Christ. Can you say amen? Do you love Him this morning? Praise God. Did you get anything out of this? I tell you what. I believe that God can do anything. I believe God will do anything if we'll allow Him to. Can you say praise God? Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Is God good? Do you love Him? Did you get anything out of this at all? I mean, anything, anything, if anything, if you didn't get nothing, just see yourself as a little kitten looking in the mirror and see that big line We're special to the Lord. Lift your hands and thank God because of who you are and what you have in Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Do you love Him this morning? Let's bow our heads before the Lord. You know, God's not out to condemn anybody or to say, you know, that you're not good enough, you're not holy enough, you're not anointed enough. That's not what the Lord's doing. But what God is wanting you to see is to see yourself through the Word of God. And as you see yourself through the Word of God, then you can see God move for you in a special way. Amen. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for. Deliverance have faith. Yeah. I want you to slip up your hand and just that situation or that, that circumstance is facing you right now. Maybe you felt low in your spirit before you got here because it seemed like the devil just whipped up on you a little bit. But i believe in that the word has elevated your spirit to a new height to where you can receive what God says is yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let how Just lift it and sing it to the Lord. Faith in God. Have faith in God. Oh, have faith In God for deliverance, have faith.